With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Big Ticket Variety and iHeart's movie podcast. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. This week, I sit down with Jamie Bell, who talks about transforming into a neo-Nazi for his new real-life drama, Skin. And then there's Rocket Man. Jamie reveals what worried him most about shooting the Elton John biopic. And wait till you hear Jamie's share impression. I have that and a whole lot more coming up after the break. Stick around. Introducing the new Verizon Business Unlimited plans. Now you can pick a plan for as low as $30 a month per line with AutoPay. Get 5G nationwide, plus massive data capacity, plus spam blocking features. And with Verizon Business Unlimited, you can mix and match the right plans for your business so you get more of what you need and none of what you don't. From Verizon, the network businesses rely on. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities on most VZ 5G devices. Monthly per line pricing with 5 plus lines on Biz Unlimited Start. Device payment, smartphone purchase, auto pay and paper free billing required. Terms apply. If you're like me and spend hours on Instagram scrolling past all the over-filtered, perfect highlight reels of other women and just wish you had someone to commiserate with about your nightly shame spirals, I have great news for you. I'm Jade Iovine, and I'm the host of Tell Me About It, the weekly podcast that's here to remind you that the women we constantly compare ourselves to, yes, even that one, also have lives that are far from perfect. Whether it's admitting all the times you've texted your ex, navigating the world of fertility treatments, or feeling like the only one in the room with depression, nothing quite compares to the relief you feel when another woman admits they've stood exactly where you are and lived to tell the tale. So cancel that Zoom happy hour. You know you didn't want to go anyway. And come hang with me as I talk to women I respect about all the insecurities, mistakes, and the heartbreaks that they don't normally post about on Instagram. Join me for Heart to Hearts with Tech CMO Bozema St. John, environmentalist and influencer Steph Shep, actress Jamie Lynn Siegler, and many more. Listen to Tell Me About It with Jade Iovine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Big Ticket. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Here's Jamie Bell. Hello, Jamie Bell. Hey, man. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Good. I'm glad you're here. Um, We have a lot to talk about. Um, but, but congrats on becoming a member of the Academy. I know. I know. I do How feel, exciting is It that? is exciting. Yeah. I, I, it was kind of, my agent sent to me and just wrote, congratulations. What does that, that mean? That's what you're going to write? Because I, I still consider myself a kid from like this tiny like do mining you? town in England. I do, yeah. And, and like, 
just so not a part of a club in any way. But um, no, I feel very flattered and very honoured to be a part of it. Yeah. But what does it mean to be a member of the academy? I mean, it means a lot to me. I mean, I, uh, you know, you're, you're doing the job that you're doing because you love doing it, right? And um, and sometimes you can feel included and part of the club um, with certain movies, and then sometimes you don't feel included and you feel like you're really on the periphery and you're, like, looking into everything. And there's a ceremony once a year where the best of the best are in a room and most of the time you're on a couch looking at it. And mm-hmm. um, and they always talk about a community and, and sometimes you feel a part of it and sometimes you don't. I don't know. There's just something that feels them being being invited into that. I don't know. If I feel very honoured about it. I really do. I, I unapologetically feel very excited by it. Um, good. That's yeah, good. Yeah, I don't yeah. want you to be depressed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about skin. Sure. Describe for people who don't know anything about the short, who don't know about the movie, describe it. Uh, the film is is a kind of unflinching look at a man who made horrible choices and then, because of the kindness of strangers, was given a new shot at life. And I don't think the film is necessarily a movie that says, look, people can change. I hope that the film is framing a question which is people who've made these decisions and these choices, who've had hardships trying to get themselves out of that, it, can they ever truly change, although they may be changed on the surface? Tell yeah. me about your character. I hate, I don't want to say character because he's a real person. Sure. Tell us about him. Well, he's a man who was very wayward as a child. He's someone who didn't have any kind of particular role models and was kind of drafted into this way of thinking, this, these ideologies. He's someone who embraced them as well. He's someone who lived a life um, of criminality, of hatred and intolerance and bigotry. I think when we meet him in the film, he's someone who is kind of unconscious to a degree. He is... I think he's even lost touch as to why he hates these people. Um, certainly that specific group's ideology is based in Norse mythology, which means kind of Vikings. Mm-hmm. Which that like, confused. I didn't it's just, know that it's was just, a thing. Well, the truth is it's just utter nonsense. It's right. garbage is what it is. Right. Um, so he kind of believed that, I think, at some point, and then has become kind of disillusioned to a degree, but is so in this cycle of violence and alcohol and um, self-harm um, that I think he's lost touch with what it even means, you know. How do you even begin to play a neo-Nazi? What kind of, you watch the short, what kind of research do you do? Because that's a dark place to go for research. I mean, my Amazon checkout box was a little questionable (laughs) a few months ago. Just just some of the material that I was was buying and and looking at. But um, it's a really icky, unpleasant place to kind of be in. The hardest thing for me in terms of prep was always, how do you, how do you you betray this sense of detachment from things, from feeling or from uh, empathy or from compassion. Um, this is a character that's certainly so far away from who I am as a human being and right. things that I believe in. So accessing that um, and, and bringing that to work every day was, was always going to be the hardest part. But I, I, I flew and met with the uh, with the real guy, Brian. Um, yeah, what was that like? How does that happen? I mean, I was very, I was very scared, honestly. There was a lot of fear and trepidation about doing this movie. Um, Why? I was worried. I think that these are a group of people that are not to be messed with. Really, they they are organised. They're armed. They've shown, and they continue to show that they're people who don't mind being out in daylight. They don't care that their faces are out carrying torches, saying the the things that they're saying, carrying the slogans that they're carrying. So, um, just from literal sense of safety, mm-hmm. I was afraid. Um, but this is a man who's in the witness protection program. Um, he's been in it for a long time. He's in an undisclosed location. So all this, all of this stuff, when you're a family man like me, is 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 um, 
was a little daunting, to be honest with you. So I, I went up and met with him, um, literally driving to his house. I saw a guy kind of driving on the highway and he had a pistol in his hand just kind of hanging out of, of the car. And I was, I was, I couldn't, I was like, where, where are we right now? What is going on? And I spent like a week essentially in his garage and he would smoke 60 cigarettes in an hour. And um, I would say, can we open the, uh, the garage door? Because I'm, I'm going to die if you don't. And he said, we might die if you open the garage door as well. So he lives paranoia. in yeah, per- perpetual paranoia and fear, which he's earned. Um, but he also lives in regret, um, guilt, even through the kindness that he's been shown. I, th- I still think what, he's What did you want to know from him? Because like what you're saying is like something that's so far from us. Mm-hmm. How do you begin to understand a human who has literally no empathy mm. for people. Mm. I wanted to know how it's possible. Um, what was it about this group that made you so compliant? Mm. Um, ironically, he had said that he'd suffered racism himself as a child in school. Um, he was at a predominantly Hispanic school. And he felt marginalized because he was the only white person. Um, There's a lot to be said about that. Yeah, it's, I mean, I was was very clear with him up front. I said, like, I I don't agree with anything you've done. I don't think I'm going to play this character as a hero. This character isn't a hero. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a a vessel for a possibility of change. Um, But, I mean, he said, you know, there were people who were willing to give him a beer, give him a slap on the back, tell him he did a good job, only he wasn't doing something noble. He was, you know, beating the crap out of someone. And... um, for him at that point in time, that was enough. So trying to understand that and trying to wrap your head around that is um, impossible. What did he tell you what, the reason that one day he said, you know, this isn't for me? I mean, it's not one day, it's a gradual... Sure, sure, it's a gradual ebbing away at, at that. But um, I think these kids, especially seeing the innocence in these children, seeing that this woman, Danielle McDonald plays her in the film, um, Seeing, even though to our standards there is no stability in her life, I see. I think for him, seeing some measure of stability and um, self-possession, where she he, she didn't owe anything to anyone. I think Brian mm. always felt like he owed to this group. He owed to turn up to these meetings, owed to drink with them. Owed. She was independent of that, and I think that was really enticing for him. And apparently, unlocking these caverns of feelings and emotions that I guess he actually did truly have that um, he didn't know he could access. So you put on 20 pounds. Sure. Fake teeth. Yeah, yeah. Contacts. Uh-huh. And your face, your body is covered in the most horrendous tattoos. Yeah. What was it like to look at yourself in the mirror for the first time in full makeup and wardrobe? I wasn't really buying it uh, initially. Um, it just felt like we just slapped a bunch of tattoos on my face, honestly. Mm. I also have these like ears. I talk about this a lot. I have these like kind of big ears. They're kind of they're, they're, they're transmitting the wrong message. <laughs> kind of, they're transmitting like a I don't know like a boyness, like a sweetness, like a childlike quality, if you will. <laughs> so I was like, this is completely wrong. We did all this kind of stuff to try and figure it out. Like, you know, we we had these like uh, uh, applications kind of built so that they could like attach to my ear and then stick to the wow. side of my head to try and hide them to make me kind of more streamlined. And it wasn't really until I shaved the head and we'd. The teeth weren't originally on the table. I we, we kind of thought that we wanted something that had like a snaggle tooth to him where he looked just vicious when he spoke. There was mm-hmm. like something that was like even garish in the way when he opened his mouth. Like smiling was like difficult for right. him, you know. And then contact lenses and everything else. Um, and then putting on all the weight that was finally, uh, I looked in the mirror, I was like, oh, well, I don't recognize myself. But also I kind of looked like, 
like a shark almost. There's something mm. very intensely predatory about him. These dark, dull eyes with no life in them, this, these teeth poking out, this shaved kind of hard skin on his head. Um, it felt like kind of who he was, cold, violent, always moving, always looking at you, and you'll never know when he's going to attack you violently. So um, kind of used that really for the character a little bit. Um, but initially I didn't really buy it. I wasn't buying it. Yeah, I mean, I think of Jimmy Bell. I don't think of Bernie sure. Taupin, right? Like you know, right. wholesome yeah. films. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, that one. We'll get to that in a second. How do you go home after a day of shooting a movie like that, or back to your hotel, wherever, and just how do you decompress from something like that? It has to get literally under your skin. I thought I was doing a good job at it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always someone who like I'm acting as acting, and you, you you take the costume off and you check it at the door, and you know there's no cameras anymore, and you just walk home. It really wasn't until um, I uh, was done and the film was over, and it'd been a hard six weeks. We were living in like a Best Western in Kingston for that whole time. Mm-hmm. It was pretty Kingston, New York. Yeah, like it was that. tough. It was like there's just no money, like really making it for peanuts, and. Um, and I went home, and a week later, my wife was just like, you just, like, just go take a walk. Or, like, just go jog it off or something. And it's true, like, you do kind of, you're, you're carrying around a heaviness, like, a, a, this character's on itch for so many different reasons. Um, I thought it wasn't an issue, but she disagreed. And when you're making the movie, do you ever think, unfortunately, it's resonating today? Like, I don't think you could have imagined. I mean, you had no, a president I mean, this we, weekend. I know, I knew. I mean, like, you know, we, we uh, first time I talked to Brian on Skype um, was the day of Charlottesville. It was uh, the day of Yeah, yeah, the exact same. But he actually had to get off the phone so he could call his friend Daryl Jenkins, who was there. He's the guy who's always on the front lines. He's the African-American um, man in the film. Um, and he's the man who is, he's always there. Whenever there's a rally with, with those hateful people, he's always in their faces on the front lines, opposing them. Do, doing the thing that I think we all, frankly, should be doing, but we're too scared to. Um, and he needed to know that he was okay because he hadn't heard from him. But regardless of that, I got off the phone with him and I said to Guy, our director, I said, I don't think, I don't think we should be making this movie, man. I think, like, I think yeah. it's too, uh, it's too incendiary right now. It's too explosive. We're in a world where it's 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 being emboldened. It's not like um, they're walking in the streets. They're in broad daylight. They're showing their faces. Um, and I toiled with that constantly during the making of it, even now, like just this past weekend, you know, with the comments that um, this president's made today, he doubles down on them, you know. Um, I'm aware that we're asking someone, it's a big ask of an audience um, to sit through this movie. Um, but again, I, I don't think it's, 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 hopefully it's portraying these people in the way that they should be portrayed. These are horrible and intolerant yeah. people. These are bigoted, hateful individuals with I mean, dangerous environments. Yeah, from Hugo. Unbelievable, yeah. Most like, of that stuff wasn't even written or scripted. She yeah. came up with most of that stuff herself, and I had no idea that she was going to go to the level that she uh, she went to it with. It's just so did, I wanted to look away when she was on. Sure, sure. It was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they called her Ma sure. just sure. cemented it in a way that was just beyond creepy. Yes, yeah. But, you know, this is a movie, you know, listen, like you said, this guy's living in constant paranoia. He's in witness protection. He's earned it. Mm-hmm. But there is something to say, like, someone as evil and unfeeling and, frankly, unhuman mm. as he was mm. could change. Sure. I mean, I think it's a sign of our times. I, listen, I think under a different administration, quite honestly, I think maybe we, I, you and I, could extend our hands of compassion to that person and say, like, wow, you know, um, 
challenging, but it's possible. Right. This current climate, it's so intense. It's so hard to ask for that. Um, you know, our filmmaker, he's a Jewish man. He's an Israeli man. His family were persecuted in the Second World War by the Nazis. It's, I find it fascinating that this man has dedicated so much of his time to try and tell this story. Mm -hmm. um, to extend that sense of compassion and ask that question, is it possible? Um, and I was reading an interview with him in which he said that when he was first shopping the script around... No one wanted it, yeah. No one wanted it because they're like, oh, Hillary Clinton's going to be president. Well, first, first of all, I think, first of all, they were like, that doesn't exist in America anymore. Like, that's an old world kind of thing. Right. Like, we dealt with that. Um, you know, I mean, even in all my research, like, you see how many chapters there are of this stuff across the country. Um, I mean, it's the, the map is littered with it. Um, some in larger, some smaller, most that, of them aren't. Did all the research just leave you hopeless? No, I mean, Trump leaves me hopeless a little bit. Yeah, I do, because um, there is so much of it that it just needs someone at the front to level, to, to, to lead it, mm -hmm. to level it out, to, mm. to, to push it back in the darkness. I mean, I think there are great organizations trying to pull people out, trying to help people get out. There's also organizations who are targeting them and holding them accountable for right. what they do. Um, but as long as we have someone who's saying the thing, kind of things that they're saying, they're only going to be more um, emboldened. They're only going to draft in more people. And people who I think were always kind of teetering on the edge of that are just going to fall into it now. It's so easy to fall into that stuff. Is there a part of you that says, you know what, I'm going back to England? There's, I can't because I have kids here now. So, right. so there's a part of me that's worried for the future of my kids, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really don't want another four, four years of this, you know. It's just too depressing. I mean, I think we feel it, right? I mean, just driving here today, I was like, God, all, everything that happened over the weekend totally reframes this, this conversation in yeah. the past 48 hours. It really does. And it'll probably, by the time we wrap this, yes, I know, and I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to be something different. Yeah, yeah. Right now, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, Jamie talks Rocket Man and surprises me with a share impression. Plus, would Jamie ever take another shot at the superhero world after having starred as the Thing in the infamous 2015 bomb, Fantastic Four? Find out after the break. Stick around. Lancaster, South Carolina is in the middle of not much. But growing up nearby, I knew it as the hometown of a black man named Jim Duncan, who became a Super Bowl hero. Duncan, up to the 15, Now my new podcast, Return Man, I'll discover that his death still makes no sense at all. The story was that my brother went into the police station, took a gun off a police officer, and shot himself in the head. Most people don't believe that. For the past three years at the Rock Hill Herald, I've looked back at a story that's timelier than ever. Breaking news. Don't shoot! Have you got some time to talk? It involves race, the mental state of the person, and a town that was scared to death to say anything. Listen to Return Man on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you took away the date and time, could you imagine that happening today? Yes, you can. Here's more of Jamie Duff. On a completely different note, sure. Rocket Man! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's just talk about your transformation there, that wig. Yeah. Tell me about putting that wig on for the first I time. I wasn't sure about that wig, man. <laughs> it's itchy. It looked really itchy. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure about that wig. Uh, Dexter loved it. Our director <laughs> loved it. I mean, here's the thing. When you look at reference of, and I love Bernie Toppin, by the way, we're very good friends. Um, but when you look at actual reference of Bernie Toppin from that time, he didn't have the best hair choices either, I would say. No one did. So, so, so this is actually an improvement on that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, itchy. And like, you, you become aware of like how you're acting because you can, I like touching my face a lot and doing <laughs> stuff, but you become aware of 
what you can't. Where you put in your head behind touch. your yeah, ear. Yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it, here's the thing about that movie: I was so relieved to go and make that film after you know this. After I'm skin. sure. I was, I was just so but thankful. That said, though, Rocket Man has its darkness too. Oh sure, no, of course. I mean, it's much it's, different darkness, yeah, but yeah. Um, and Bernie stuck with Elton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess as a character um, and also as a, as a person. When you love someone that intensely and you see them going through something so horrific and, you know, they're just spiraling. Um, mm. it's, a, it's, it's hard being that person. It's also just as hard to be the person who's watching them right. go through it, you know. Um, but to this day, he remains his most loyal yep. friend. Um, it's lovely seeing them interact today. Yeah. So what was it like seeing Taryn for the first time as Elton? Like what was that in character? When did you see him for the first time? Well, I kind of got to this, uh, got to London and saw what he was doing and he'd actually sent me... Uh, videos of him singing, um, which yeah. I thought was a bit intense because like, I knew that I had to sing in the movies as well. So I was like, oh man, come on. But I guess it did make everyone kind of step up their game a little bit. Um, but I was, I was blown away by what he was doing. I mean, I really was. I'd go up to Dexter after takes and just say to him, like, oh, he's really good, isn't he? He's really, he's so versatile, I think, Taron. Um, and I think the world has really kind of gotten to see that now. Um, I'm really thankful that they have but I, I would just enjoy sitting outside of his trailer every day and just seeing what he'd be wearing <laughs> <laughs> and just getting to see you know what him and Richard Madden would be doing and you know what um, were they doing there was like you know the, like Richard came back he was like oh no I, he's Scottish he was like oh no I have to wear a kimono I've got to wear a kimono in this scene um, and I was like that is absolutely perfect and you should and I can't wait to see it um, it was just an inventive fun um, creative Dexter said to, just his note to everyone he was, he was just went to go as far as you can um, and everyone really felt like they had the license to kind of take it off the leash and um, and I appreciated that certainly coming from the other movie so um, yeah I, 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 it's a bold film I really like that Paramount really got behind it yeah. and, and stuck stuck with it and we got to tell the story in that way I, just, I, don't, I can't imagine it being told in any other way really How important was it that Taron did his own singing? What a difference that makes. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does. I mean, it, it gives him complete authorship over the performance to a mm -hmm. degree where, you know, if he wasn't doing that. Also, I think that here's the thing. The difference between the two is that we're using the music differently. Mm -hmm. Where the music is becoming narrative. It's a concert. It's not yeah. just like play, a hit, you know, play the hits. Right. We want Goodbye Yellow Bit Road to feel a certain way. It has to feel like uh, I, I've lost him. Right. And now I've lost myself and I'm out of this business. That's what that song was for me. But, you know, that, and in some ways the song kind of is that, mm -hmm. you know, in its true iteration. But, you know, thematically we needed it to sound different. So we needed him to perform, to perform the songs um, differently. Mm. And it, we're just very lucky that he had pipes of a champion, <laughs> a, Welsh, a Welshman with these intense pipes. So did you take pipe lessons, more pipe lessons, once you saw his videos? I took a lot of pipe lessons, yeah. There's yeah, yeah, a lovely guy in the valley that I went to see. He does everyone. <laughs> he, and, uh, and I was, after he said, Let's just, let me just hear you. And I was so nervous to like, hit it out that first time. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. Because by the way, I used to like sing. I used to be in the National Youth Music Theatre. That's where I started as a kid. And I would do all these I love auditions. I how you're justifying this, by the way. This is amazing. Oh, my, so this. my mum would take me on all these fucking auditions when I was a kid, right? And, uh, and, and if it was dense, I'd be there all day. All day. But if it was singing, I'd come, I'd come out after 30 minutes. She'd be like, what, what happened? She'd be like, they asked me to sing. She'd be like, oh. Let's get back on the train. <laughs> so I always had this like association with singing, like it's just a disaster. Just don't even try. So I, and now you have to sing 
Elton yeah, John. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> Which, by the way, is, is in the highest falsetto voice he, you know, he's ever sung a song in. Um, so I popped it out for this, this lovely man, and he went, it's not terrible. I was like, that's probably the best note I've ever heard. It's probably the best note I've ever heard. Um, but I enjoyed, I really enjoyed doing it. I was, I was nervous about it because we recorded at Abbey Road, which is insane. And there's no, I should never be there recording anything at Abbey Road, to be frank. But um, it was enjoyable. I really, I really got into it in the end. It's such a, singing is such a great um, therapy session. It is. So come on, sing something for me. You gotta come down. Sorry, it's more like Cher, that wasn't it? <laughs> Do you believe in love after love? Okay, that's I th- just, No, here's that's the thing. Just, I, I think I do a reasonably good Cher impression. Keep going. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, I don't know that. Feel something inside say. I really don't think it's strong. Is it good? I mean, do you think it's good? My kid doesn't think it's good. My wife is like, well, it's I see what like, you're doing. You're yeah. doing it out of the side of your mouth, so you think that's Cher. Fuck, it's not good, is it? Yeah, you need the Bernie No, I went into You need the wick. You need yeah, the and the suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> if I could turn, yeah, yeah. yeah. You are a sheriff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I love Cher. I love Cher. I can't wait for the Cher movie. Cher movie, the Cher show. There's the Cher, Cher show. show. Oh, of course, it's the yeah. Cher show. I do want to talk to you about the legacy of Billy Elliot. Because sure. Because on a personal front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was me as a kid. Oh, right. It was. And I could yeah. start crying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was the kid who took dancing lessons. Right. Begged my father. Yeah. My father. Reluctantly did it because my grandmother told him that he had to. Right, right. Good grandma. Yeah, but I would take dancing lessons and it was, I grew up in Queens, New York, very sort of, as much as it was New York City, it wasn't New York City. Uh-huh. And I would take dancing lessons and in the neighborhood, at the end of the year, they would have a big recital. Sure. And everyone would come. Sure. So a week before dancing school ended, yeah. I quit. Because uh, I didn't want anyone to see me. Next year comes around, I'm like, Dad, please, I won't quit this time. Right, right, right. Fine. Right. I do it a week before and I quit. Mm. I bawled mm. watching Billy Elliot. Yeah, and then yeah. when I saw the musical, I li- almost right. had to leave the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's weird because by, by the time the musical came out, um, the great Tom Holland was in it as well. Um, but uh, I I was so far away from my kind of old life in a way mm-hmm. that even I was kind of like still getting you know emotional about it. And, and just like because I, as I grew up and started making movies, kind of said goodbye to my mom in the same way that Billy says goodbye to his dad. Like it was very cathartic seeing the musical but um but Elton John by the way was the same he was in Cannes at the, at the premiere um when it was even, it wasn't even called Billy Elliot at the time it was right. called Dancer that was originally wow. what it was called and um that was the first time I met him and it was like 13 or 14 or something and he was weeping too and uh, and doing the research for Rocketman because I didn't understand at the time um obviously the film goes into this his his father never approved the film right. and, and everything else but um uh, his dad also never saw him perform ever not once so when Billy's dad turns up at the end of the movie yeah. to see him dance as an older man, um, it just it killed him. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I think it's a really, for me, it's, it's such a great uh, vessel of a story because you, you can throw so, it's so opaque. You, you can be that character yeah. or you can it be the dad trying to accept yes. or you can be the, you know, the teacher who never quite fulfilled her potential. You know. um, it's just a great universal story by Lee Hall who, also wrote Rocketman as well, but um, I'm so privileged to have carried that torch and, and, and so privileged to have gotten to play such an amazing role out the gate, um, you know, that I'm forever kind of, um, I'm owing my career to that, you know, every time. I'm always thankful for it. Like, it always wow. goes back to that for me, you know. And it's just, it spawned all these other opportunities for me that I could never dreamed of. So um, I'm very grateful for that. Well, thank you for the moment. Yeah. Got to talk to you about another thing, though, you've done. 
Sure. Superhero movies. Would you ever do them again? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but it's a whole, it's a different Sure, time now, sure, sure. You know? Yeah, no, I know. Who yeah. knew that they would become what they've become? No, no, of, of course. Right. I mean, uh, uh, they're an amazing currency. Um, I love those movies. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I would. Of course, of course you would. Um, I like um, the movies that I've been doing. You know, mm -hmm. I really like these kind of more challenging Certainly, Skin is a, is a challenging film. It requires something different, I think, for me as, a, as an actor. Um, but, um, yeah, I think we all, on the movie I did, I think, well, we were kind of <laughs> dancing around it, but I... Uh, <laughs> Fantastic Four. <laughs> I, think, I think most people fondly refer to it as Fanforstic. Um, <laughs> um You know, it was such a very specific experience for all of us. Um, but, again... We all went into it with the best of intentions, yeah. and I got something great out of it. Um, I got my wife out of it. And, I was just going to say, and, you know what? And now it's a pretty fantastic. It, so now it's Fantastic Three. Yeah, you got to find the blessings <laughs> and everything. Exactly. Um, so yes, of course. I, there's so many different characters out there. I'd love to play one at some point. But then you, then you go and you play a freaking neo-Nazi white supremacist in yeah, a way that might that's put just. On there, I, suppose. I mean, I told you this the other night. I mean, it's just so powerful. And what we haven't talked about yet is that. You know, this woman, this anonymous donor, mm. donated money so he could have all of those white power tattoos removed from his face. Mm -hmm. And what I find so powerful about the movie is what Guy, the director, did was like, we're waiting, you know, we know the tattoos mm. are removed mm. and we just see the back of your head and I'm like, I want to see what it looks like. And I'm like, mm. oh, wait a minute, I know what you right, know right, 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 right. Like it's literally, you turn around like, yeah. oh, of course, it's Jamie sure, Bell. Sure, sure, sure. But it's amazing how the movie really you could see your shoulders went down. Mm, your shoulders mm, weren't up mm, anymore. Mm. It was, you were free, and the fact that they were able to do that knowing that you're so well known. Right, right, you know, right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, of course, that that scene comes two hours, it's literally like the final scene of the film. Yeah. It was the first day of filming. So I, like, you, I, mean, I mean, it's so intense the shit that they ask you to but do. But that's indie films. No, like, I know, you know, of course, of course. <laughs> um, but to, for Guy, I said, like, Guy, I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna make it happen. I can't. I mean, it's day one. Like, I have no clue where we're gonna go with this. So I said, the only way I can really do it is if we play. We have to play some music through it. We like, you're just gonna have to like redub the sound, and like, you're gonna have to do all the sound later. It's just no way I'm gonna be able to get. It. So and I played like because uh, I put my kid to bed with this thing every day, with this lullaby every day. So. The crew must have been so like what the hell? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like do you believe in love? Have love? <laughs> <laughs> so just when you watch it, that's what's, what's fun. No, it's a lullaby for my kid that I put him sleep to, and it was, it was just the only way that I could really manage to conjure really anything. Um, wow. I should probably take some acting, acting wow. classes, but but yeah, hard way to start the movie. But yeah, and I hope that scene is like, it's a threshold, right? Because yeah. you never really see him enter. So we don't know like what happens when it goes black. We don't right. know like if she's going come in and be you know and I accept you. Or right. It's also saying what is the future of this kid going to be? What's his like? You know, is we is he going to inherit right. um, all this hate and this bigotry and this intolerance? Because that's what it is. It is learned. Right. Because when the, the scene when we learn she's pregnant, my first thing is like, oh, yeah, no, another one. Don't bring a kid. There's into another this. one. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. And I think it's a cycle. And I hope that that cycle. For, the, for this little chapter of the, these people's lives as it ends right there at the door, um, as I hope it ends in this country and all over the world. It's horrible. So, Danielle McDonald, have you seen Bird Box? Did you see her throw herself out the window in Bird Box? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, nope. I have seen Bird Box. I don't remember that. Don't you? Re I don't remember That's that. That's how she killed 
she kills herself. Oh, right, right, She right. literally th- doesn't just right. throw herself yeah, out yeah. the window, like just... No, like she goes, launches she, herself <laughs> out of the window. Ah, oh, God, Danielle's the best. She's so She's awesome. the best. She made, like, this movie so... Uh, uh, I felt so supported by her in, the, in this mm-hmm. world. We have, like, a lot of dark, horrible, intense scenes, and we always trying to, like, rationalize why these characters do the things they're doing, and Guy was like... Guys, There's no they're rationale. irrational people. Like, right. You know, so Sid and Nancy was a big reference for us as, as characters who kind of are in love, but it's so heightened Dark. and so bizarre. Yeah. Um, but there was a couple of scenes where just afterwards we would just look at each other and just be like, "Can you believe that we're doing this?" You know. Um, but she's a hero. I love her. She's great. great. I had a great time with her. Sure, her also. So I literally have spoken to her about this a few times. <laughs> I have I'm to just watch like, this. You literally hurl yourself. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and she had just given birth. Okay. Yeah, sure. The character. Sure, right. Um, so I end on my podcast interviews with, when was the last time you cried at the movies? Oh, man. I, I really wept at Star Wars Born. I know that was like a while ago, and there's been like tons of other movies. Go ahead, like, go ahead. No, no, no. no I mean, you've really, done Share a Star really Is Born. You're just playing to no, no, everything. Re- no, but it really <laughs> was intense. It really was intense. I, uh, I got so caught off guard by that. that um, I did, how did you, did you respond emotionally to that film? I mean, because some, some people... I'm a gay Jew from New York. Okay? Right, right, So, right. like, the Barbra Streisand version is, you know, my life. Sure, sure, okay. So then Lady Gaga goes and does right, it. Right, right, I mean, I saw it once. Yeah. I saw it in Toronto. Yeah. And then my husband hadn't seen it yet, and I went because I just wanted to watch my husband watch it. I know that sounds really corny, but I love watching him watch movies. It's uh-huh, weird. Uh-huh. And I watched him watch it, and I watched him cry, and then I cry, and right. yeah, it's intense. I went into the bathroom afterwards, I saw it with my wife in London while I was shooting Rocketman, actually, and, and I went into the toilet, and um, have you ever, like, peed and cried before? That's a messy toilet. It was really, <laughs> really strange. It was really strange. Uh, I was, like, and all, like, sobbing, like, uncontrollable. Um, it was very... <laughs> Sorry for, I'm just getting the visual. Very, very <laughs> hard. No, no, it was really, I was so overwhelmed by it, because, um... I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to be a sucker for this. I'm not going to get brought to this. And then um, it really, that's the thing with movies, right? You just, you don't yes. know what it is that, that you can be so caught off guard by it. And, um, and I love when that happens. I really do. Uh, I still, I hope movies endure because yeah. of that. You know, we're not losing that because everything's on TV now. And, and what's the one movie you could watch over and over again? Like you're flipping the channels. Or Sounds flipping- of the Lambs. Uh, I know that's odd and weird. I know it's odd and weird, but it's so um, it's so just brilliantly executed. The performances um, are so like theatrical and mm-hmm. kind of heightened. Um, Clarice like literally metamorphoses uh, like throughout the film. She you know when she gets mm-hmm. into Buffalo Bill's house, she sheds that coat. Like I've watched the making of like I know so much about this movie. Um, I love Jonathan Demme's films. Um, I'm, I mean, I, I know the dialogue inside out. I must have seen it a hundred times. So do, so do it. Uh, side of beans, what is it? Uh, uh, nice can Father, I, yeah. I, I, a, a sentence taker once tried to test me. Uh, I'm not going to do it. But, but, uh, just a little side I ate his liver with a, some, uh, some father beans and a nice can. I'm not going to do that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, but I'll do yeah, share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll do share, sure, but not the great Okay, moments. do share as Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> uh, no, I can't because it's, you've got to sing it. You've got to sing it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> That was Jamie Bell. Thanks for listening to The Big Ticket. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. And don't forget, a new episode of The Big Ticket drops every Thursday. And make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. See you next week.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.